Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another edition of the Kingdom of Pod. Jeff Caves here in a much more sunnier and thawed out Flower Mound, Texas. Coming up, conversation with Carl Benson. I actually interview the former WAC commissioner for the Mountain West Conference job with six questions in our new two-minute warning. Uh, six different questions with two-minute answers and a little follow-up with Carl Benson on uh, the future of the Mountain West Conference, TV negotiations, name, image, and likeness. And I think you'll really enjoy this conversation, specifically how it impacts Boise State. I'll also give you my logic and how I think Boise State can get themselves closer to a national championship in football by getting better access to the college football playoff. And then Carl will give you his thoughts as well. But let me start here. There, there has been news uh, this week and a pretty, uh, I guess, skinny down week of news for Boise State football specifically. But there were graduate assistant hires that were announced and these will come in for the 2021 season for uh, Andy Avalos. And I just looked over the names, and I'm always curious when I see these kinds of hires. They don't get a lot of attention, but I'm curious at to, as to the relationships and, and how they came about to landing at Boise State. Oftentimes in their careers, they move on, and down the road you read, oh, that guy was a GA at Boise State. And... One of the GA hires, uh, for example, uh, we already know quite well in Jabril Frazier and that he was a very successful Boise State football player. It's his second year as a GA, and so he's going to get an opportunity to stay on at Boise State and sort of uh, finish that out. He had a brief uh, NFL shot, and uh, essentially with injuries uh, mounting in his career ahead of him, he wanted to move on. This is a kid from South Central Los Angeles, a very uh, popular uh, high school that he attended, Verbum Day, uh, who could be a tremendous recruiting asset uh, for Boise State or in his own career, no matter where Jabril Frazier lands. So he was just one of the uh, four, but we were all familiar with Jabril. Looking at the other three, though, uh, Macaulay Todd is going to be an offensive uh, graduate assistant. I wasn't familiar with that name, and I wanted to see the tie-in. And the only one I can come up with is that he was a three-year letterman in offensive line uh, for the University of Montana. He went on to Montana Western, and he must be a kid that had a relationship with some of the uh, coaches uh, that have moved uh, from Montana State to Boise State, so I'm going to leave it at that. I couldn't find any other connection. I will tell you this, though, in looking further at Todd's background, a uh, young kid, you know, he's only three, four years removed from playing uh, FCS college football but he was starting his own business and teaching others how to be an offensive lineman. He had some kids go on to FBS or uh, Division One football and, and do that. So he's got a mind for the game, and he's applying himself. He could be an early coaching offensive lineman phenom that Andy wanted to tap and get to know a little bit better. Uh, let's jump back over to the defensive side. Another name I was not familiar with, uh, Kanao Yamamoto, comes over to Boise State on the defensive side of the ball, and I couldn't find any other connection to Boise State coaches and so forth. Uh, he was an All-American defensive back 
at Linfield. He finished up in 2016, so he's a young kid. Uh, you know, Hawk was a Willamette guy. I don't know what the connections may be to Linfield for Boise State. He then went into Germany and played some football over there and helped coach. Uh, came back to Linfield where he worked, and then it hit me. He moved over just last year to Oregon where he was the recruiting operations coordinator. Bingo. That's the relationship with Andy Avalos. I'm going to assume that was created. And so he comes over to bring a little bit more touch of Oregon. Of the four, the most interesting GA hire to me, I didn't catch the first pass through. I saw that there was an offensive uh, graduate assistant coach that had been hired that had spent some time at Michigan State where he got his degree in kinesiology in 2019. Uh, he had been working in the football program at Michigan State as a recruiting assistant since 2015 and then moved into a student assistant job working with the wide receivers at Michigan State. Uh, took that after graduation and moved over to Fresno State where he was a graduate assistant uh, with wide receivers and with Kirby Moore. So how does this all work? Well, then it kind of hit me because in 2020, after being a one-year graduate assistant at Fresno State, Tyson Prince was an offensive quality control coach for the Detroit Lions tight ends position group. So now he has his last year of graduate assistantship at Boise State, and Andy Avalos taps Tyson Prince, and of course the relationship is with Robert Prince, the former Boise State coach and offensive coordinator, longtime assistant with the Detroit Lions, uh, and has now, of course, his son coaching at Boise State as well. I thought that was great. Uh, what a uh, Coach Prince, uh, known sort of as the uh, chief executive of energy for the Lions and was what, the longest tenured coach for the Lions that had went through a couple of coaching staffs there, uh, was not retained in Detroit and then moved on with his career to the Texans. So now you'll find Robert Prince as the wide receivers coach with the Houston Texans. So there's the four GAs. That's uh, current news. We'll get into the conversation with Carl Benson as Carl, tongue-in-cheek, applies for the Mountain West Coach, Mountain West Conference Commissioner's position. I think you're going to enjoy uh, that conversation. Well, there's a lot of things to enjoy, of course, and why not uh, enjoy a little bet here and there? Of course, there's no more football, but you've got the NBA, college basketball. We know the big tournament is around the corner. The NHL is out there. And if you want to bet on any of those sports, you can do it at betonline.ag. They even cover awards, TV shows, reality TV. That is crazy. I mean, some of us do spend some time because uh, our people in our household like to watch maybe a reality TV show uh, that we don't necessarily uh, watch on our own, but we will participate in a family situation. You could start betting on that. You can bet on, I'm, I'm sure, the Academy Awards coming up. Uh, that would be uh, kind of crazy to me, but I guess you can go with it. They have hundreds of prop bets there. Of course, a 24-hour online casino. So get over to the website. Use your mobile device. You can sign up today and get 50% a welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online. Dot ag. Let's get back to the kingdom of pod, the conversation uh, right now with Carl Benson. I also wanted to uh, tell you that coming up after this, I will have my own thoughts on 
how Boise State could possibly guarantee themselves access to the college football playoff or improve that, and what my thoughts are for Boise State specifically, and we'll get to uh, that conversation and what Carl uh, thinks about that, but this, a new segment here on the Kingdom of Pod. Two-minute warning, new feature here on the Kingdom of Pod with Carl Benson. I'll just reintroduce Carl to all of us. 29 years in the business as a commissioner, and in 1990, it all started for Carl as the commissioner of the MAC. He moved on to the WAC and then to the Sunbelt Conference, a 29-year career, a Boise State graduate, a former baseball player and coach has been joining me here on the Kingdom of Pod talking about a lot of issues that do influence our thinking about Boise State and its future. But this is a little adaption, Carl, that John Wilner had in the San Jose Mercury News, a tremendous college football writer. He had a list of questions that he wanted to ask the new Pac-12 commissioner. And so I adapted some of those questions and said, well, I know Carl Benson has been a commissioner. I don't know that he wants to succeed uh, his good friend, Craig Thompson at the Mountain West, but I'll put Carl in an interviewing mode for the Mountain West job, uh, like the Pac-12 commissioner uh, applicants will be. And so we're going to give you two minutes, Carl, to attack like six different questions with one follow-up, which we won't time as closely. But uh, you've managed all these schools before in the Mountain West through your time with the Western Athletic Conference, but you've also known Craig Thompson, I don't know, what, 30, 40 years? 30 plus years, uh, Jeff, and uh, pleasure to be with you again. And, you know, at the outset, uh, you're right. I, I do not want to uh, succeed Craig Thompson as the commissioner of the Mountain West if and when uh, that uh, that time comes or when that time comes because no one works forever. But, uh, yeah, Craig and I go back uh, into, into my early commissioner days, 1990, you mentioned Mid-American Conference. Craig at the time was the commissioner of the American South Conference, which was a kind of a group of schools down in Texas and Louisiana and maybe even to Florida perhaps. But uh, the uh, the commissioner that I succeeded at the MAC actually left the MAC to become the commissioner of the Sunbelt Conference, which was a Florida-based conference at the time. And a year into that, the American South, Craig Thompson's conference, and the Sunbelt merged. And when a merger happens between two uh, two conferences, one commissioner's out and one stays. And Craig got the job, and the other uh, took a settlement and retired. But So Craig's now the commissioner of the Sunbelt Conference beginning in 1991-ish or so. And uh, Fast forward to 1994, uh, the two finalists for the commissioner job of the Western Athletic Conference, you know, Benson and Thompson. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we uh, we are, we were commissioners together, and then we both were interested in the in the WAC job. I I obviously got that job, and four years later, 1998, creation of the Mountain West. You know, Craig uh, moves from the Sun Belt to the Mountain West, and you know we then uh, you know the media like to like to kind of put us up as as enemies, and and uh, that we didn't get along, and that we fought over this and that, but. You know, we, we were friendly competitors and, and we had a good uh, friendship. The WAC offices were in, were in Denver, his in Colorado Springs. We often would, would ride together the, to, to the Denver airport to fly to conference meetings and fly back and carpool from time to time on this and that. So, um, you know, we both had jobs to do and, and Craig did his well. And I think that I was able to, to put the, the WAC in position to, 
from time to time to, as we say, to be kind of a pain in the ass to the, to the Mountain West. And uh, that, that was kind of my motivation. But uh, we, uh, we definitely got along. And I guess the, the, the final ending is that, you know, 2012, I, I become the commissioner of the Sunbelt Conference. So uh, kind, of, kind of full, full circle, what goes around comes around. Yeah. So, and before we get into the uh, six questions here in our two-minute warning, Carl, what about his his tenure? And I, I looked up his contract status. I can't find it exactly. I'm saying maybe 2022. He'll have some decisions to make on whether he wants to re-up or not, and so forth and so on. But he's 64 years old. He's in great shape. I know that. I don't. I don't know of any health challenges that that uh, Craig's ever had. So do you have any idea how long he may want to see this through? Well, I think in light of the last year and, and the, the challenges uh, around COVID, uh, whether it's athletic directors, college presidents, commissioners, I think we're seeing uh, decisions that are made that, that are cutting short their careers just based on, on what they've had to deal with this past year. So it hasn't been easy for, you know, for Craig or for, you know, the 31 other commissioners and, you know, there have been a couple of surprise announcements here in the last six months about commissioners that, that have, have stepped aside. You know, there's always kind of a, a watch list to see, okay, who's going to be next? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was a group of us that were all in our mid-60s that, you know, whether it was my decision, Delaney's decision, John Swafford's decision, um, Dennis Farrell at the, you know, at the, at the Big West that, you know, that the Boise State people have known for a long time and, you know, just recently, John LeCrone, you know, in his mid 60s. So, um, you know, I don't know the oldest, the oldest commissioner ever to serve maybe was in his, you know, early, you know, early 70s. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's there's still time left, obviously. And, and I know that that, again, uh, Craig is healthy and and uh, has has done a, a great job at the Mountain West. And uh, I, w- I would be surprised if he stepped to stepped away in the in the next couple of years, probably three to five might be a more realistic number. That's just a guess. All right. Uh, let, let's move into this, Carl. And so I'm asking the questions and you're at this point now trying to gain access as the Mountain West Conference Commissioner. So I want to talk about your plans, Mr. Benson, for gaining better access to the college football playoff, whether uh, you think they're going to go to eight and the Mountain West will be a part of it. How can you help make that happen? Can you do it through legislative activity? Uh, do you suggest that we cut an alliance with the AAC possibly? How are we going to get this? First and foremost, Jeff, imperative, paramount, that the Mountain West stay intact, and that starts with Boise State. And, you know, 10 years ago, the Mountain West – put together a, a financial plan that that allowed Boise State to renege on a decision to go to the, the Big East and and provide Boise State with with uh, a you know a, a very friendly uh, financial package I think the Mountain West has to do whatever it can do financially to to do that and I know that there's egos involved at the other schools uh, but I also think that uh, whether it's Boise State San Diego State Air Force those are the kind of three uh, most uh, you know common uh, head of the class schools in the Mountain West can't afford to lose any of those. So the first thing that that needs to be done is to retain their existing membership, and then it's a matter of of competing against the American to make sure that the American doesn't separate itself to be able to show that the 
that the American deserves that power six ranking. So, I mean, it, it's, it's critical that, that the 2002, uh, you know, once we get back into 21, I guess, 2021 football season, Mountain West has to, has to be on par with the, with the, uh, the American. At that point in time, and I've said this before, it, it hasn't helped the group of five to have the American out there on their own trying to wedge their, their a spot into the CFP. And I don't know if there's a way to to get them back so that the group of five can operate together. But I think that that, you know, I would do everything I could to convince Mike Oresco to forego his attempt to to get in and let's do it together cooperatively and and try to to get a better, you know, better financial deal, better access, automatic into a group, you know, into the uh, into an 18 playoff. All right. You were very punctual there. Potential Commissioner Benson, almost at the uh, two minute point. Point. But just to follow up, outside of your obvious relationship with Boise State as a alum, how would you uh, look at their payouts? Uh, Boise State right now gets more money than the rest of the Mountain West Conference members. Would you even sweeten it more? Because that's what they're seeking is more dough. Uh, I, I would create some type of a of a you know performance based. Uh, I would provide some incentives that that if a, if a mountain and this wouldn't necessarily just be a Boise State provision uh, but if if a Mountain West team got into the CFP that there'd be a greater financial reward than there is now I, I don't know what the 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 percentage split is now for the team that gets in mm-hmm. um, but I know that back in in the in my whack days when Boise State got in that first Fiesta Bowl um, they didn't get a whole lot more than, than anybody else. And, and we, we changed that a little bit to sweeten the pot. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's an easy place to, hmm. to get, because that's, that's unbudgeted money each year, um, Jeff, for a team. Nobody, nobody anticipates that, that you're going to get a team into a new year's day game. So I think that would be the first, uh, first place to start. All right, let's, let's move on to number two here and your plan for uh, helping schools max out on this name, image and likeness, uh, phenomena that's sweeping states and maybe even making its way into federal law, uh, kids profiting off their name or their image or their likeness, whether it be digital or through social media endorsements, Carl, through their Instagram or Twitter accounts. We've got big differences in the Mountain West Conference. A, a, uh, say a point guard in Laramie uh, is going to have a much different opportunity perhaps than a quarterback in San Diego uh, if they both do well, there's just going to be a lot more social media uh, followers for that San Diego kid. So how do you help schools in the Mountain West maximize their NIL? Well, first of all, this is this is new ground that, that we're all undertaking. And, and until the, the federal government decides whether or not it passes some some national legislation on how to treat it, um, you know, each conference is going to be in a very precarious um, legal position as to whether any restrictions are placed on on student athletes in this new you know marketplace uh, enterprise and, and my guess is that uh, Mountain West Legal Council is going to tell the commissioner regard who, whoever that commissioner is you know be careful that you do not get yourself into a position where you're restricting uh, those student athletes and and to jeopardize an antitrust suit. I know 
that there are plaintiff's lawyers who are out there waiting for there to be some some restriction placed because mm -hmm. of this NIL mm -hmm. that would result in a class action uh, antitrust uh, lawsuit. Would you? So I think the answer the answer is I don't think conferences can can manage this um, in a you know in a way to try to uh, even the playing field, so to speak. I think that the whatever rules are set are going to have to be broad enough so that there's not any restrictions. And, you know, something uh, the, the trickle down, we don't know the unintended consequences. You know, is Wyoming going to have a much harder time recruiting that point guard because they're not going to be able to offer, you know, in advance guarantees for sponsorships? And, and technically, the, the rules are going to prohibit that. But we know that the recruiting, this becomes such a recruiting uh, factor in mm -hmm. terms of, of, a, of a kid, you know, living in Denver, Colorado. Is he going to go to Laramie and, and not have any opportunities? Or, you know, will he go to Las Vegas or, or San Diego to, to, uh, to maximize some of those, those uh, potential sponsorship opportunities? Just a quick follow-up. Uh, do you think that schools would be restricting athletes if they prohibit the athlete from cutting sponsorship deals with athletic department sponsors? Yeah, and that, again, that's that's where you get into what what will the legal system allow schools to to do to, to in terms of protecting their current existing sponsors and. And now you're you're maybe infringing. Forget about infringing on the student athlete. You're infringing on you know Joe's you know auto dealership down the street in, in Boise from um, from you know entering into to a sponsorship deal that's permissible by the NCA rules, but you know prohibited by either the university or um, you know or or the conference perhaps. All right, uh, let's get into. Uh, and sort of stay with this this media piece. And you've had a great relationship, Carl, through your uh, tenure as as commissioner at many different conferences and with the media, and whether it be national media covering men's basketball and, and football primarily or local media. Uh, one of the challenges our schools have is Los Angeles, San Francisco, Denver. How do you get more attention for Mountain West schools in those major metropolitan areas or even nationally? Could there be a conference-wide plan to help this? I would start with uh, going out and, and hiring you know, the best young uh, social media manager uh, from, one of the, you know, from one of the major platforms out there to come in and, and manage the social media for the Mountain West Conference. And and to invest in in that that becomes uh, a I mean a we talk about twenty four hour news uh, sources there there needs to be a you know a, a stepped up uh, social media awareness out there and uh, I think that's that's where it would start uh, in terms of of then it's just uh, some of it is is grassroots and again it's relationship um, but I think that. You know the national writers that are out there, uh, in in light of today's social media information, it, it's a click away. Uh, but how do we get a Dennis Dodd or or Pete Camel or Pat Forty to you know to to regularly 
uh, monitor and and uh, and report on what's happening, you know, in you know in the in the Mountain West. So uh, I know it's easy to to always you know be critical of of a of a conference office for not doing enough or what can they do more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that that a a very very uh, sophisticated funded uh, social media campaign is is a good way to start we'll stay with the media uh, no real follow-up there but i want to jump into this media rights negotiation that's around the corner for the mountain west conference the current deals will expire uh, with fox and cbs uh, march of 2026 uh, there has been discussion to have more control of kickoff times in football um, and days and by going to a digital pl- platform uh, that would produce it uh, of course the money seems to be a little thicker carl with staying with our broadcast partners at least and then you know we had some success with the mountain we we were trendsetters at one time in the mountain west conference the godfather of that craig thompson <laughs> of the mountain is the way ahead of the curve should we bring that back? What's your thoughts here on this critical negotiation? How are we going to handle it? I think digital is is certainly going to be a, a prominent uh, method of of sports distribution, and we're seeing it. You know, we're seeing that at digital across the country. Uh, those conferences that are uh, are currently uh, part of of ESPN uh, all have, have established a strong. Uh, digital presence and a production uh, i'm assuming that that when the mountain was in place that mountain west schools you know did create production facilities and and i'm assuming that that those production facilities are still somewhat operable and and again as as we go forward uh you know i know the resistance that the mountain west fans had with espn because of their you know, their, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, Saturday night games and, and you know, no traditional games. Uh, what some conferences, and, and I'll use the Sun Belt as an example, um, you know, going with ESPN, uh, athletic directors, you know, were, were more than happy with, with those ESPN Plus games, which were digital games being played in, in normal settings or normal times Saturday afternoons and and the occasional you know ESPN or ESPN2 appearance that you know there might have been a Thursday night or a Friday night but they were li- much more limited uh, so I think a, a mixture between you know the digital uh, platforms and and the national distribution with ESPN um, you know there's there's still something to be said that that ESPN is still the world leader in in sports and the the casual fan knows what channel espn is i don't know if that casual fan knows what channel cbs sports is or what fox sports is do you think then that the mountain west should enter into negotiations immediately to go back to espn after march of 26 right now those negotiations i think are so uh tenuous in light of of you know, this past year and, and have the networks, uh, how much money is it, have the networks really lost in the last year? 
uh, how many how much resource how many resources do they have going forward in, in terms of the next negotiation period mm-hmm. uh, I believe that you know the pac 12 and and big 10 are, are next up and you know will we see there um, whether there's increase will the CFP you know see an increase in in rights fees going forward um, and I think that'll be a, a telltale as to whether you know is the marketplace, has the marketplace been damaged to the point where those conferences that are due up next are going to be handicapped versus, I think it was the ACC that did a 15-year deal that uh, you know that people questioned, but now maybe that was the way to go, and and they did that you know pre-COVID. So I think that they, they certainly have to explore um, ESPN, and I you know again if I was the commissioner of the Mountain West and and I had an ESPN offer in front of me and a CBS slash Fox slash something else. And unless it was millions, millions of more, uh, you, you just can't, you can't put a price tag, in my opinion, on the value of ESPN. All right, Carl, let's, let's get back to the scheduling issue, which is always a hot one for our constituents and fans. What's your plan for improving uh, football and men's basketball scheduling. Should they uh, be changing that and going more aggressive into uh, scheduling a lot of Power 5 games or basketball powers uh, to improve their net ratings? Should there be more or less of that? And, and uh, of course, how that may affect you know what day and time of those games as well. Yeah, I, you know, I created a scheduling philosophy at the Sun Belt based on where the Sun Belt was, and, and that was uh, you know, you played eight conference, this is football, eight conference football games. You play one power five road game more than likely. Mm-hmm. And you play, uh, you know, an F, your, your FCS home game. Then you play two games against the, the group of five. And, and that model was to, uh, was to be able to create more bowl eligible teams and, and maybe one day get into the CFP but it was based on the strategy to, to how do you get more teams to get to six games and get the bull game in the mountain West standpoint here, how do we schedule to get into the CFB mm-hmm. and, 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 and to identify which teams have the best chances of getting into the CFB, which require some, some major wins. Uh, you know, you go back to the Boise state scheduling of, of the two thousands when they, you know, they got to the CFP and, and they went undefeated, you know, and, and they, you know, they were playing a Washington state or they were playing the Oregon schools. Is that model still, will that model still get, you know, a 12 and old Boise state, you know, into the, 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 the discussion uh, or does it require a, a blue blood win in Oklahoma or a Georgia or a Alabama regular season? Um you know, Virginia Tech, when they played, you know, in Washington, D.C. back mm-hmm. in 2010, you know, a, a more national power five schedule. Um, and I think it has to be it has to be strategic still. Uh, you don't want to bury a team, uh, but you want to you want to be able to to plan. Uh, I think the other thing, Jeff, that that we hopefully will see is the opportunity to to put together matchups, creative matchups. You know, once the season has started uh, with a group of five, whether it's the American and mm. and 
if we're midway through the season and Boise State is undefeated and, and the American has a, a team, Cincinnati or UCF or whatever, you know, do we take a risk? Do both conferences take a risk and create a, you know, a, a late November matchup with, uh, you know, with, with those two power, you know, two teams that, that might, the winner might get their way in. Um, so I think it's going to, again, it, it's going to take some, some, uh, some strategy. It'll also take some, um, some courage to go out and, and determine just what, you know, what is the, what is the outcome? But again, as a 14 player, and this is all subject to the assumption we're going to 18, four teams right now, I don't care what Boise State or UCF or last year Cincinnati does, you're never going to get into the top four. So the, the first part of this is assuming that, that that it's an 18 playoff. Sure. How do we get into that eight? Okay. Uh, all right. Let little over there. So we're going to move yep. right into okay. another issue about personnel and retaining coaches and uh, you know allowing them to use the Mountain West as a proving ground and then leave immediately, which causes a lot of turnover and buyouts and uh, recruits moving and transferring to Power Five schools. Carl, which is happening more frequently now of course in both men's basketball and and now football and what's your plan to help us retain and stop this uh, type of of movement because it seems to be taking our better players and certainly our better coaches and moving them up on, on the coaches front again here's here's the business side you know as long, assuming there's never going to be a salary cap in uh in in college football coaching and, and Alabama is going to pay $10 million and Boise State is going to pay, pay $2 million. The disparity is always going to be there. And, and I don't think there's anything that, that will stop a Brian Harson to stay at Boise if he has the opportunity, you know, to, to go to Auburn. Uh, just, it, it's a fact. And Chris Peterson was, a, was an anomaly there for the, you know, the eight or nine or 10 years that, that he stayed at Boise State. Um, and and didn't take the, the the grass is greener approach, but uh, you know I think that that the the commissioner all the commissioner can do is to create a a structure and a model that allows those coaches to to succeed under the Mountain West banner, and and if their goal is to be the coach at Alabama. You know, when they're recruited, when 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 Andy gets to, you know, to Boise State and he has an opportunity to, you know, to be the next coach at, you know, at Oregon Morgan. or USC or whatever. Yeah, right. You know, that, that he can use Boise State. And, and in the meantime, Boise State benefits. Boise State benefited from Chris Peterson and and they benefited every time Chris turned down a job. Uh, but it ended. And and now. You know, how does Boise State, you know, build it up? And I'm, I'm using Boise State, you know, in terms of, of every every Mountain West should have that same that same philosophy. How do we hire a coach that takes us to the Fiesta Bowl? How do we keep him for as long as we can keep him? And then when he leaves, do we have a plan in place, you know, to, uh, you know, to, to bring in the next Chris Peterson? All right. What about players? And all this transferring uh, going on. P yeah, I mean, again, that's leaving. that's that's the 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 legal piece that's that gotten into this. Um, the transfer rules that have been adopted uh, were done to 
to keep from having an, another major antitrust lawsuit. Um, and, and it was it was coming. Uh, there were there was going to be a major class action lawsuit by student athletes that that uh, had been impacted by not being able to transfer immediately and, and whatever damages they occurred. So, you know, the opening up this this uh, transfer without sitting out without loss of any eligibility. Uh, again, you know, it's going to it's going to take the, the Chris Peterson's of the world to, to recruit those two stars and turn them into five stars and hope that it hope that they don't become five stars until their final year, perhaps, you know, that they're, they're not too good. They're not too good too early. I didn't know that we could keep you to 12 to 15 minutes for your uh, responses (laughs) here, but I thought we did pretty well. And so we'll have to take all of this into consideration in our committee on who would succeed uh, Craig Thompson, but we're a little concerned uh, with your experience. We should say, and how much energy you may have for this job, but we'll take it all into consideration. But we appreciate your time because we know it's very valuable in keeping you from your, uh, I guess, exercise of moving snow there in Denver. Well, that uh, plus getting ready to to uh, you know to to play golf again this weekend. So, uh, (laughs) and again, I I I reiterate, I reiterate, I do not want to be the next commissioner of the Mountain West Conference. So, uh, Craig, take it, take it as long as you can, Craig. Hey, as the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. eBay's authenticity guarantee means your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced authenticators will verify the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. And every sneaker is also going to get the authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. For sneaker sellers, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over 100 bucks, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. All right, we'll get back to more of Carl Benson and Carl's thoughts on uh, Boise State and this college football playoff uh, situation that I, I think is at the core, really, of where Boise State's at with the American Athletic Conference. And I'll get you Carl's uh, response to that, and we'll hear it. But let me give you my my thinking here. And a lot of this potential move to the American Athletic Conference is fueled by money. And, of course, there's many ways for Boise State to create new uh, dollars into the athletic department uh, through football. And a schedule change, I think, would help with conference games, uh, specifically American athletic opponents versus some in the Mountain West. I realize that for some fans, they wouldn't be able to travel to as uh, many away games, but you're not talking about a lot of people in most of those games, uh, having traveled to every one of those Mountain West cities repeatedly uh, over every year, every game since Boise State's been in there, I can tell you that's the case. Of course, in some isolated incidents, there were quite a few in Nevada or even in Wyoming. Uh, but anyway, so you, you can't let that rule it. Uh, it's, the, it's about the money. And by getting into the college football playoff with guaranteed access, 
uh, Boise State's guaranteeing they're going to gain more money because that means they'd be in a conference uh, that had that money to count on every single year. And that's what the American Athletic Conference would like to get accomplished. And uh, Mike Oresco has said that by uh, bringing in Boise State at minimum and or San Diego State and Air Force, uh, that could be a possibility for them. I don't think he can guarantee that. Uh, Those negotiations haven't happened. There hasn't even been an expansion yet of the college football playoff. Uh, But Oresco is convinced, I think, that that's going to occur, and he's convinced that the American Athletic Conference is going to get a seat at that table. And I think uh, the thinking would go from Oresco that by weakening the Mountain West Conference, uh, by taking anywhere from one to three teams, uh, that would make a decision much easier uh, for the Power Five that – If they go to eight, uh, they could guarantee just the American Athletic Conference and not worry about the rest of group of five. Uh, I'd have to examine that a little bit further to see what's in it for the power five to do that. And at the same time, I think about this. When Boise State was looking for their athletic director, I visited with a former Boise State uh, Bronco Athletic Association executive, Tim Leonard. Uh, Tim's a Boise State grad, Idaho native. He's now the Athletic Director at Towson State. I did a Kingdom of Pod with him a while ago. Uh, Tim also spent time at Central Florida and SMU uh, as a fundraiser. So I I think he's been in the hallways of the American Athletic Conference and and certainly at Boise State. And he's still in the front doorstep for uh, universities competing with the sport of football. And, you know, Tim's thoughts about how to get guaranteed access to the college football playoff for him really started uh, with what Orrin Hatch did for Utah. The Utah Senator, if you go back and do the research, <clears throat> all the way back in like, I think it was 2009, uh, launched his own attack. After Utah got hosed, uh, they were not chosen to get into the BCS. Uh, a couple of one-loss teams uh, got over uh, on Utah, and it was Florida and Oklahoma in the 2008 National Championship game, and they both had one loss. Uh, Utah was in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, they got bypassed, and so Hatch went out, and he was a member of a Senate subcommittee that had oversight on antitrust issues. Uh, he was the top Republican on that Senate subcommittee, and so he came forward, had others support him, threatened Uh, Justice Department investigations of the BCS at that time, uh, claiming there were antitrust violations. He said the BCS was arrogant. He had a hearing. Uh, It had certain members of the Senate changing positions. He said that the BCS was exploiting their power positions. The lawyer for the Mountain West got involved in all this. And they said, hey, you know, we don't have an automatic bid into the BCS. And they really pressed for changes. And so... It, of course, never came about necessarily, and there's a, a lot of things that went into all of this, but if you look at the, the net result, is Utah did ultimately get a chance to raise their profile. They got invited in June of 2010 to join the Pac-12. I don't know if I would buy that that happened to sort of quiet Orrin Hatch and not have any Justice Department inquiries into antitrust violations. But I do think this. Uh, would it be that bad if Mike Crapo, who serves on that same committee 
the Senate subcommittee with antitrust oversight. Mike Crapo from Idaho is on that committee. Could he not get involved and be more vocal in supporting all of the group of five or just Boise State and speak about what's going on with the fact that Cincinnati wasn't going to get a, ch- a chance here, that it's highly unlikely if Boise State will ever uh, get this opportunity. There's still a lot of similarities between the BCS and the college football playoff. I'm just saying, as Tim Leonard did, that you, you need a, a leverage item and you, you got to have it over the Power Five because why would they invite you in to take their money? And I, that makes a lot of sense to me when I looked at it from that perspective and following the money that that's the kind of pressure that would make the Power Five sort of fold their tent and consider allowing a guaranteed access point to either, uh, as Carl Benz will talk about in here shortly, the group of five, or in Boise State's specific case, they would like it to see go to the American Athletic Conference if they moved there, or of course, I'm sure they wouldn't turn down the opportunity to have it uh, come up for the Mountain West Conference, which is highly unlikely. I think all of us uh, would have to agree with that. I was just looking back, though, on the things that were levied as complaints against the BCS that some of the conferences, remember, got automatic bids to participate. Other conferences didn't. Of course, group of five schools didn't. Boise State, non-BCS conferences. And the ones that got automatic bids into the BCS, well, they got a lot more money than everybody else. And they thought that was anti-competitive. And all right, now look at the college football playoff. That's not too much different. Uh, There's never going to be a team right now, you could say, get into that final four. So expansion may be at the top of all this. Uh, Why can't Joe Biden get involved in this on some level? Uh, The guy played high school football. He went to Delaware. He talked about playing football at Delaware as a freshman. He bragged about it even uh, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. He was there on the field. He, he goes to Delaware football games. So at least he has uh, some interest in all of this. The CFP is still a playoff with invited guests. And, you know, at one time, the folks were saying, hey, uh, if, if you're going to have a national championship and you're going to have it as an invitational, then you you better stop using that name. And there was you know lawsuits threatening uh, to do all of that. And uh, letters fired off to Bill Hancock from then the BCS, now of the college football playoff. So I would just like to see some support from the people that are in power, and that would be Mike Crapo, to, to jump into this and see what can I do. Uh, I, I know he's a BYU grad. I know he's a Harvard grad. He's not necessarily a BYU honk, but he represents the state. And Boise State is the FBS a uh, group of five program in the entire state. Uh, they are the top of the food chain for the group of five by reputation in a lot of people, if not most people's eyes. And why not come up with a strategy to see, is there any way you can force your way in into this guaranteed spot into the college football playoff? Now, I think it's unlikely that Boise State could create this kind of pressure and get in there as an independent. It's more than likely going to have to happen uh, getting in as a conference. And, and I'm not even as convinced that should the playoffs expand to eight and the college uh, football playoff power five people say, well, let's get a guaranteed spot, as Carl Benson's going to talk about in here a second, guaranteed spot to the group of five champion. Well, if we're just talking about money, 
The group of five right now has guaranteed access to the New Year's Day six bowl games, so they're one of 12 that they have guaranteed access into that. How much more money would it be available to them by making them guaranteed into the one of eight? And then ultimately, if they were guaranteed that, they could win a national championship. And that may be the next best case scenario. And I think if you're Marlene Trump or uh, you're, you're Jeremiah Dickey, you've got to start weighing uh, what is more likely to happen, that the Power Five would give a group of five guaranteed access point to the top eight teams into an expanded playoff uh, were they more likely to give it to the American Athletic Conference if Boise State were to join that? Uh, or are they better off just sitting there where they are now and just waiting to see if the you know, CFP expands or not? Because if it doesn't, I don't think there's a, a point to any of it. Well, let's ask Carl. Uh, Carl, let's get closer to your thoughts on this specific subject. All right, I want to switch gears here for a, Carl, a second, Carl, and ask you once again about Boise State's plans to get into the college football playoff if it includes moving into the American Athletic Conference and uh, I guess biting on this promise that they're going to be the power six and he's going to get a Mike's going to get a way to get them a guaranteed spot into the expanded college football playoff versus a plan that Tim Leonard Tim Leonard from Towson State a former Boise State associate AD had you got to go through your legislative office you, you got to pull uh, Orrin Hatch and make some political pressure and and point out the inequities of this system. So uh, how how likely would a political move, Carl, uh, help Boise State versus taking that risk of moving into the AAC and football only? Again, if the if the goal is if the end game is is how to get into a uh, national playoff, an eight team national playoff. How does the Mountain West uh, get there? It's it's not going to be an automatic. Mountain West will not get an automatic. Even if they go to if, eight? It, if they go to eight, the Mountain West will not get an automatic. Will there be an automatic for the group of five uh, under the current, uh, current conference uh, composition? The conferences, as they're comprised today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if there was an eight-team playoff, there might be a guaranteed spot for one team out of those 64 schools, 65 schools. And then it's just a matter of which of those teams elevates to, to get there. Yes. Yeah, the, the Mountain the West is not going to get. We got the New Year's Day right now. They're guaranteed a spot into. Right. But this would be in, this would be into, this would give them an opportunity to play for the national championship. Right. An eight-team playoff gives them a chance to play for the national championship. Today, they don't have a chance to play for the national championship. So an eight-team playoff would do that. And and the Mountain West by itself is not going to get there. The Sun Belt, Conference USA, Mid-American are not going to get there by themselves. The American thinks they can get there. And the way they get there is to marginalize the Mountain West. Because of the of the group of five conferences, and I said this on your show back in March before you left you left Boise, mm-hmm. that, that that there isn't that much difference between the Mountain West and Confer- and the American mm-hmm. as comprised today, and that Boise State has just as good a chance getting to one of the New Year's Day games playing out of the the Mountain West as they would in the American, but. If the American gets that automatic into the 
18 playoff, then is it worth it to Boise State to to make that change? And and that would be the only way to 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 get to that national championship opportunity. You don't believe and, that the old Orrin Hatch approach would would work? Because I again, if, if they if they do that, then you know the the senators from from uh, Texas or Louisiana or wherever else are going to pound their fist and say, why not? Why not the Sun Belt? Why not Conference USA? The senators from Ohio, why not the Mid American Conference? Mm-hmm. And and they're not going to give every one of those ten conferences the five power five and the group of five, an automatic spot, even if they went to 16 teams, they're not going to, they're not going to get an automatic because more than likely they don't deserve an automatic, some of those champions. And uh, so I, you know, again, I think that, that, that the, the Americans desire to get under the umbrella with the, the power five, and their five-year, you know, efforts today to to create that power six. The media believes that the American is better than the Mountain West. On paper, that isn't the case today. Mm-hmm. If Boise State, San Diego State, Air Force joined the American, there wouldn't be any question that the American is far superior to the Mountain West or the Sun Belt, or Conference USA, or the Mid-American. And, and that would be the only way that, that they could then, you know, then they get their legislators. And now, now Warren Hatch is, is uh, or as you mentioned, uh, you know, the other day, the, the, the current Mike Crapo. Senator. Yeah, Crapo. Crapo, who, yeah, that on the he, same goes and, yeah. he goes and pounds his fist on the table, but he's representing... He's not representing Boise State. He's representing, you know, the American Conference. And he's, Everybody. And he's making yeah. and he and he's making the the claim that the American Conference deserves this spot in the CFP. And if if Air Force and Army and Navy are part of the American, now they've got they've got political um, support, you know, throughout the country that are pounding their fist that that the CFP needs to take in the American. And again, that's, you know, if we're talking about how does Boise State get into a position to be able to play for a national championship, that is, in my opinion, the only way that Boise State in the next 10 years would ever be in a position to play for a national championship. All right, thanks to Carl Benson for today's edition of uh, The Kingdom of Pod. Don't forget to rate, review, uh, subscribe to the podcast. Get it sent right to your phone. You know how to do that. Then you can you know you'll find it at iTunes and wherever else you, you get your podcasts. You can also have it emailed to you if that's more convenient. Uh, kingdomofpod.mailchimpsites.com and have it sent to you. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.